not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my God, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we all get along? Karen, our guest, film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week. has been too long and boy do i have some news to share with you guys i am so sorry for the absence but i have a pretty good reason for it i would like to say um you may have seen it on my social media but i wanted to give you guys much more detail directly to your ears as i've done for the last seven or eight years on this podcast um as you know i'm very political as you know this podcast has been one that has made it its mission over the years to most importantly make you laugh and hope I've done that. And if not, I'm sorry. And it's my fault. And I'm a bad person. Blame me for that. That's fine. I've tried. Sometimes I strike out. Nobody bats a thousand. Maybe I bat 50 out of a thousand. That's, I would be dropped into the minor leagues and then asked to never play baseball again. And I digress onto a tangent that no one needed and no one needs to hear. But hopefully I've made you laugh sometimes over the years. But also hopefully I've made you think and hopefully I've brought political issues to your ears in a way that help you look at politics differently. Some of the best compliments I've ever received on the podcast over the years is that this podcast has helped or has rather made people interested in politics who never were interested in it in the past. And that was my goal was to try to with all the important things happening in the world and how much the world was changing constantly to try to engage people who thought politics was boring as shit and thought politics was not for them and to help you realize that it was just – it's not that it was not for you. It's just that it's been presented in super boring ways by very, 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 very boring people, and I wanted to change that, and hopefully I've done so. But you all know my passion for politics. You all know how serious I am about it and about trying to hope and trying to work towards our world being better. And to our country improving and certainly not going backwards like it has been. And so I'd been contemplating this for the last almost two years with my inner circle of friends and family and my own conflicted Gemini brain. And I just decided and announced less than two weeks ago that I'm throwing my hat into the ring and running for president of the United States of America. And... That's a, that's a lot. Take a second with that one. Maybe you already heard on social media. A lot of you probably did, but if you didn't, I hope, you know, just take a second. That's a, that's, that's a big one. I, when a comedian says he's running for president, A, it doesn't happen. But B, when a comedian does, a lot of interviews I've been doing the last two weeks, their first question is, are, are, are you serious? Is this a joke? I hope that the brain trust at least knows it's not a joke if I'm saying something like that because, you guys know my passion for this and for 
all the things that I just said. I don't need to repeat them. This podcast would probably be long enough without me repeating things. But I wanted to try to affect the change by being in the ring and not just commenting on it. And I really have been thinking more and more and more that Donald Trump is such an anomaly in U.S. politics and in the world and has a skill set that normal politicians do not know how to handle. They can't defuse Donald Trump. He's the greatest trash talker in political history. He's the heckler in chief. He's one of the most skilled trolls I've ever seen and the internet has ever known. And I don't think people that are trying to protect their jobs in Washington and work at the margins are going to be able to stop him. And I think that I can. I think that I have the ability to put someone in their place with my comedy skills and my political knowledge that they wouldn't know what to do. And I envision a day upcoming where I do a Donald Trump impression to his face in a debate and it completely catches him off guard and makes clear how much of a joke of a human being he is. And I can shift people's minds. And at the very least, I hope that my candidacy for president helps provoke Trump in a way that throws him off his game, helps poke holes in this orange monster that is trying to erode our values, and that it shows the other candidates, if I am not to become the nominee, how to take him on better. And I can then help them take him on more effectively as the campaign moves because I have – as the uh, election cycle moves on because I, of course, will support whatever candidate takes the mantle of the Democratic nomination and moves forward to try to take on the horrible orange monster, toupee fiasco, coward the duck, traitorous, treasonous Donnie. Cry baby Trump. And I'll do all I can to support that person, which hopefully will be me. And I believe Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and Mayor Pete and Beto O'Rourke and all the cats involved would offer me the same support. I'm assuming that's true, and I have not market researched that. But I've been assembling a team of people who I believe in, some of the smartest brains out there that I can find. I have senior strategists and unofficial advisors who are from the Obama administration, who are from Hillary Clinton's presidential campaigns, people, very high-level people, people who helped work on some of the most important legislation of our time, some of the most important ideas coming out of Washington. And I'm taking this as seriously as possibly I can. Because these are not normal times, and these are very serious times. And I'll still be silly and stupid. Don't worry. You can Google some of my most recent media appearances or see the links on my Facebook or my Twitter. I'm throwing jokes in there. Don't you make no mistake. And also don't make any mistake. Because i got to speak a little bit better grammar now that I'm a very serious person. But I'm not. We know that between us. I'm, I'm both, guys. I will always be both. But... I'm also being serious because I have ideas to help change the country, to help fix so many of our problems. I have some things I'm talking about that no others are. And I just hope that you guys join me because you guys have been the brain trust for so long now, the better part of a decade. And we've been on this journey together and it's taken a turn and an important turn, I, I think, that can really help our democracy because we have to take our democracy back. 
from the forces that have been eroding it, like Trump, who's making us not even believe in facts or our institutions anymore, turning us against each other, resurging hate and white supremacy in our country, to the forces that are gerrymandering around people's districts so that their vote does not count as much, to the Russians that are infiltrating our democracy and trying to sow doubt and sow discontent. And that's not America that I know, and we have to stand up for it. And I promise you, if you help me do it, you'll help us do that in a very fun way as well. You're going to have a great time while we fight for our democracy. People had to fight and die for this country. I'm not asking you to sign up for a civil war. I'm not asking you to sign up to go to fight and battle. I'm asking you to sign up with your mind and with your social media accounts and with your phone, texting and calling your friends. I need your help. Because we have only under three weeks left to make 65,000 individual donations, and then I qualify for one of the two remaining spots on the Democratic debate stage. The end of June is the first debates, and I want to be up there with those guys, with all the big guys. And the cutoff point is just over two weeks before that to certify that we have 65,000. So please, I ask firstly, go to Glebe2020.com right now. Check out the website. Check out the issues and donate. Even just a dollar if you can. Do it right now while you're listening to this podcast. You can do it. Your phone works. You can do like Wi-Fi. Even if you're not on Wi-Fi, I think you can still load a website. If not, write it on your hand. Do it right after. Or go on your laptop. Whatever you got to do. Gleeb2020.com or directly to the donation site, tinyurl.com slash donate Gleeb. And give what you can. A dollar counts for our threshold, but if you can afford more, This is the time I really need you to please give more because it costs so much money and we're going against people with months of lead time and millions and millions of dollars and an entire Washington machine behind them. So whatever you can afford to give, please do. But then please do not stop there. I need you to fight with me and please reach out to everybody you know, your family, your friends. Convince them. If you can get 10 or 20 people, each of you, to donate just a dollar or more. And then ask them when you convince them, can they also please get five to ten people? We can exponentially grow this thing and have a shot at really affecting the conversation in our country. And I'm calling it the democracy challenge because I'm not asking for an endorsement right now that I'm your candidate to win the presidency. No one should be endorsed right now. Hell, I don't even know who I'm voting for yet. I mean, yes, I do. If I make it, I will vote for myself. But we have a year and a half more than that till the election. I'm just saying we need outside voices in there. It should not be all career politicians and multimillionaires only representing us. We need a regular dude. And if you guys listen to this podcast, you know very well, better than everybody else in the country, how much of a regular, flawed, weird, strange dude I am. But also, I'm somebody that cares so deeply about all of you and about everybody in this country. You know that well, so you're my best advocates out there. So please, please, please help me. Get to this threshold and help us mount a legit campaign to have a real chance to take on the powers that be in this country. I think together we can do it. So that said, I'm going to include two other things here in this podcast. I'm going to have you guys listen to the first time that I'm releasing the full content of this speech beyond our launch event, the small audience that was live at the Hollywood Improv where we launched this campaign because in a time of fake news in this post-truth era, comedy clubs are the last bastion of truth in our society. So it was important for me to launch the event at a comedy club and at my home, the Hollywood Improv. But 
outside of that small room, I want you guys to be the first to hear the full content of this speech where I delivered a 35-minute speech about our country and about the issues that I care about and I'm going to be fighting for in this campaign and why I think I have some unique skills to help make sure we defeat the orange monster. So before I do that, however, I'm going to play you just the under five minutes of audio of my announcement video that you can also see and repost on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook. But I want you to hear it as part of the record here of last week on earth. Cause let's hopefully not make it the last week on earth. We have fights ahead of us. And so here first is my official announcement set to some pretty cool inspiring music too, if you ask me. And then I will play for you my campaign kickoff speech. And then the episode will end with a piano song played by Avery Pearson, the hilarious Avery Pearson comedian who's in Jeff Ross's historical roast coming soon to Netflix. I think it was just actually dropped up on there. And uh, a little little theme song for our campaign. So I will send it out now to that announcement speech. And then it will cut straight into my campaign kickoff speech from the Hollywood Improv. And then it will go straight from that into our song. So I'll sign off now, way early in the episode. And I promise, by the way, Twitter answers and Thunder Round will be coming in future weeks. My apologies to Chris Carter, the UK Brain Trust, and all of you who are waiting to get your voices heard back in this podcast. I promise the one thing, good news, I'll be doing this podcast every single week for the rest of this campaign. So we're back in your ears and in your podcast notification box. I don't know if that's even a term or a thing you know about or see, but I'm going to be back because I need you guys. I'm going to be there for you as well. Um, so I'll sign off now, but obviously there's all that stuff coming. I just said that six times. Until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. I am extremely honored to introduce you to my friend who I think would make a phenomenally fantastic and, yes, Truly funny, President Mr. Ben. June 2nd, please come out. We raise over a million dollars to send underserved communities, their children, to camp for the first time. It changes their lives. Please come out and support. You can just, for a hundred bucks, you can hang out all day. You don't have to exercise at all. I'm not an exercise guy, so I feel like that's a positive. You can also drink. There's alcohol involved there. Lots of alcohol. Lots of alcohol. So please check that out. Thank you to all the comedians who were kind enough to donate some of their time today. Chris Porter, Ben Morrison, give it up for Nikki Glazer, Ida Rodriguez, Avery Pearson with our new campaign theme song. Thousands of you. Honestly, I believe tens of thousands of you are here. 
a lot of people told me that. I said, you're allowed to make up numbers and facts. I'm Ben Glebe, and I'm a comedian. Have been most of my life. And while politics has always been a passion of mine, my life's been pretty fun. I get to entertain people for a living. I get to make millions of people laugh, and sometimes only 30 people. It's a pretty amazing job. It's really all I ever wanted to do in my life. There's no reason I should ever want to give that job up, and normally I would not. But these are not normal times. Our values are being eroded. Racism is gaining strength. Hate is resurging. Our planet is being destroyed. Children are being put in cages. Our cities don't have safe water. Our citizens are not being made whole after natural disasters. We're demonizing our neighbors. Our veterans aren't being taken care of when they return from war. Still, the DMV sucks. <laughs> Traffic's a pain. Oh, millions of us still don't have health care. Something every other wealthy nation can provide for their citizens. The wealthiest few of us are gobbling up all of the money and hoarding it for themselves while our brothers and sisters are working two, three, four jobs to make ends meet. And they still, after all that, can't save anything for retirement, afford good housing, or even have a little money aside for a basic emergency. And in the face of all of this, all our joke of a president can do is talk about himself. Witch hunt, no collusion. No one thanked me for the funeral I threw for an American hero. I'm the best, really it's true. Me, me, me. Shut up, you immature racist monster. And the rare times the monster does not talk only about himself, he does everything he can to make almost every one of the problems I just mentioned far worse. He stokes our fears, and deepens our divisions. And if that wasn't enough, which believe me, it's plenty, bro. He's <laughs> even loyal to our country. Like the most basic entry-level thing every American is required to do. We should build a wall around him. <laughs> or, or like bars or whatever. <laughs> our president refuses to uphold the Constitution that he swore to defend. He commits treason right before our very eyes and then tweets about how great he is for it. And no one stops him. Well, that ends now. Yeah. With the help of any of you who care as passionately about America as I do and about our common humanity and our common struggle, we are going to stop him. And that is why I'm running for president of the United States of America. and works for all of us. It is our duty as citizens to all do our part. We must do it. We are not going to solve our massive problems without some massively new thinking. And thinking differently is what comedians are good at. Yeah. It's a particularly good skill of mine. I think weird a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think that's what we need. I am running to blow open the accepted norms of how we do business in our country. Because we no longer have the time for incremental change. The average American citizen needs and deserves change now. That's why I'm running for president. Everybody in the traditional media keeps saying, is this campaign a joke? Heads up, it's not a joke. Change. We always say we want it. 
We say it because we need it. But then we get scared and don't vote for it. We retreat to our old ways, repeating them again and again and wondering why we get the same old results. That's literally the definition of insanity. One guy and then everybody else. We need to redefine who we choose to lead us. If we want systemic change, we need drastically different leaders, which is why a lot of people like Trump. But turns out also key is the drastically different leader should not be a narcissistic, emotionally stunted, crybaby, disloyal traitor, egomaniac moron with an administration filled with criminals. AKA the best people. Do words even have meaning anymore? Shaking things up is not enough. We need to shake things up in the right direction. So why a comedian? Well, first of all, as Chris Porter put it, why not? We haven't tried it. And the crap we have tried has not worked. Second, we live in what people are calling a post-truth era. A time filled with lies and fake news. And in times like these, people turn to comedians for the truth. We turn to John Stewart and Samantha Bee and John Oliver to get our news because we trust them more. So why wouldn't we do the same for our leaders? Does that make common sense? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good point too. Thank you. Plus, key side note, if you don't think this is something you can even wrap your head around, a comedian was just elected president in the Ukraine like three weeks ago. He unseated the incumbent by a landslide. And I am one month older than him. So I possess the kind of wisdom that only comes with age. One month extra of age. I may not have held public office before, but politics is in my blood. My great-great-grandfather is Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Why would anybody take a candidate seriously who's mostly known for hosting a game show? Well, I realize there is one prior example of this, our current president. One day I was on Twitter defending our values against some jerk online, and he says to me, why don't you just shut up and stick to your game show? And I said, our president didn't shut up and stick to his game show. The only difference being is that his game show is about firing people, something that fits his ethos pretty good, and mine's about using our brains better to not be an idiot. honestly, that anybody else running can take Trump down. He's the heckler-in-chief. He's the greatest trash talker in political history. And cautious politicians cannot stop that. They haven't been able to so far at all. They're just sitting there quietly waiting their turn to run and run a cautious campaign. We don't have time for cautious campaigns. We have to take them head on. I've been handling hecklers for 19 years. We live in the most amazing country in the world. But we have lost sight of our priorities and many things in this amazing country are now a bit broken. Even though we don't always notice it because our phones still work good. <laughs> Even though we don't realize that Instagram and Facebook are not our whole lives. They're just apps. It's the most brilliant, sinister thing that they did is to, get a, to give up our better future is to get us hooked on these phones. Instead of a dark, cold, oppressive government like in Orwell's 1984, 
Big Brother watching our every move, telescreens in our homes. They made the telescreen fun. And they got us to opt into it. Instead of always being watched, we're all saying, always watch me. And we're broadcasting our every move. They made technology seem cool, gave it to us in our pockets, and we all said without thinking, I'm in. People work at repetitive jobs all day that drive them nuts, maybe stacking things in a factory or packing candy. They get home exhausted and then stack Tetris blocks or crush candy on their phone voluntarily. We've been brainwashed by this stuff. Facial recognition technology has come, which is already being used to track all of the citizens in certain cities in China. And not only do we not care, we're happy about it. I can tag my friends easier, yay! I can help these huge corporations figure out who all my friends are. And we become dependent on these social networks. Then they start charging us to access all of our own friends. So one thing I'll do as president, small thing but important, is I will regulate the big social networks and make them return to a real-time chronological feed. They don't charge us to our own people. We are failing the majority of our citizens in many different ways, and we cannot allow that to stand. Nearly all current politicians have been moving far too slowly for far too long. We need to start thinking and doing very differently. We need to prioritize our people over our profits. And I know the Republicans are about to start crying about how we're hurting their money's feelings. <laughs> but don't let them control the narrative. Democrats are not anti-profit. We're anti-being robbed. We're not against pharmaceutical companies making money. We're fine with them making even billions. We're just not fine with them making $36 billion while charging $20,000 a year for a drug called Truvada that helps prevent HIV when other companies get it for $60 a year. greedy bastards at the expense of people's lives? Yeah. That should be common sense. Sounds like a pretty attainable even sort of low bar, if I'm being honest. Yeah. We just must, absolutely must be able, if we are truly going to say we're the greatest nation on earth, at a bare minimum be able to take care of our own. But we're failing in so many important barometers. Then how do we call ourselves the best? If truth is still important to us, we can't until we fix these things. We can't even properly take care of a small subset of our country, those that we claim to revere and respect the most, the bravest among us, who lay their lives on the line to protect us, and they get back from war, injured physically or mentally, and we don't adequately take care of them? That's the country we want to be? We promise that we'll take care of them when they sign up and then we turn our backs. We appropriate military funds to take care of our veterans. Fix that in four years, it's easy to do. problems is just reprioritize some of our funds and be cooler to each other. It's easy. All we have to do is care a little and refuse to stop until we succeed. This is not a time for small measures. We need to pay people better. That's right. One person a day. Pay better for hard work that you do every day. Because here's the crazy idea. You should be able to afford to live. 
I know I have extreme views, but we need to make health care available to all of our citizens. We need to make housing affordable. We need to not automate away entire human workforces. And when we have to make way in certain instances for automation, we need to make sure humans land on their feet. Why is no one standing against the robots taking over? All due respect, the only person even talking about this is Andrew Yang, and his plan is just let the jobs go away and give people $1,000 a month. <laughs> Whose job pays you just $12,000 a month? Very few jobs. It doesn't solve the problem. And he was on Joe Rogan and he said, I talked to a room full of CEOs and they all said, I said to them, how many of you are going to automate away your workforce in the next 10 years? And they all laughed and raised their hand. So it's coming. Well, not if I'm president, it's not. You don't have to respect that. That's what a president can do is help make legislation in the way of our priorities. America has paid people traditionally, even though not great, better than sweat labor, better than sweatshop labor, and we're still the richest country on earth. So we don't need marginally increased profits to let robots take over, aside from the fact, have you ever seen every science fiction story ever? <laughs> Letting the robots take over does not end well. Our goal should be a job for every citizen, not every robot. We must obviously have an unwavering policy of no American left behind. And you know how people these days like to be healthy and treat animals humanely and eat cage-free eggs and stuff? I have a similar uh, policy proposal. Cage-free children. In America, we do not put children in cages. middle of the night when us humans are asleep. We just don't do that. And if you're an American who's lived your whole life here in America, without paperwork due to flaws in our own laws, our bad, when you were just here seeking the best life for your family, same exact thing we are all trying to do, and if you've never been anything but a benefit to our society, then we must make you officially part of us and make you citizens. get to call the shots on their families. It's not like they could have said, I'm going to stay in Guatemala. The parents are like, all right, good point. You can stay. They're basically brought here as hostages against their will. You should give them a fruit basket, not tell them they can't be citizens. And if we're going to take care of people that came here when they were children and make them citizens, then we're damn sure going to take care of American citizens in a much better way than we are now. It's just our basic duty. And in the America we know we are in our hearts, we can and will find a way to take care of everybody. Plain and simple. We won't stop until we do. There's plenty of it to go around, I promise, and still give real nice, cushy lives to the rich guys. Relax, guys. Tell your money to calm down. Because that, too, is the American dream. I'm not a socialist. I'm a capitalist, but I'm a compassionate capitalist. That's what we need. We want to still have a dream of becoming upwardly mobile, that we still have the ability to break out in this country and break up and achieve our dreams, become who we've always felt deep down that we can be. So don't worry, CEOs and top executives and those who just inherited your money and didn't even earn it at all. It's all good. We're still going to be rich. You'll still have your vacation home and even a boat if you want it. You'll just... You'll also still be able to bribe your daughter's way into USC. You just won't be able to do that and have three boats and six houses and nine nephews and nieces also bribed into USC. Which honestly is a better look anyway. You just look douchey with three boats. But we just ask that you help us, since you are part of us, to take care of us. 
Because if protecting our border is so important to you, then you must have as one of your highest priorities protecting what's inside our borders. And that's 300 million Americans. Are you kidding me? Is America over being the beacon of hope for the world? Is it just let's let industry have its way with us and let the common man be damned? Because guess what? I refuse to live in that America. Rich people should want that too. Because if the income and wealth gap continues to widen, as it has, unless they're so foolish to only look at the immediate future and not long term, which no truly rich person would do in any other situation, they need to avoid mass unemployment or a worsening of our underemployment, which would lead to a massive uprising. Not to mention the further destruction of the planet as industry has its way with us. If we keep having corporate profits be our only goal, we will continue to destroy our planet. And you'll have to sail your armada of yachts to your nephew's unearned USC graduation because the beach is now in downtown LA. But there's good news. It does not have to be that hard. We just need to make some common sense shifts in our thinking and our behavior and we can solve the majority of our problems. Most problems already have pretty good solutions out there. We just have to choose the best and the easiest to implement and then we can start actually fixing things. Enough letting our problems linger. Let's start ticking some things off the list. Yeah. You agree, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Can you bring the lights up a little bit more now? I want to see people a little better. Can you bring the lights up a little bit? In the coming months, we will be releasing detailed policy proposals, but let me just tell you some of the things on my list. Pay maternity leave. For all mothers, so they can be there with their children at the crucial beginning of their lives. And the same to all dudes who give birth. A cost of living tax refund. If you're struggling in this country to make ends meet, you're working a full-time job, we will expand the earned income tax credit to make sure you are assisted in making your ends meet, taking care of your family, and being able to pay your bills. One person, one vote. A constitutional amendment to get rid of the electoral college. We got the internet now and radio and TV. We can each vote for ourselves. If you do anything to restrict anyone's right to vote in our country or easy access to the polls, you go to jail. Our democracy is the basis of everything in this country. Reverse Citizens United because corporations, newsflash, are not people, Mitt Romney. Corporations are people, my friend. No, they ain't, bro. You know what words are? People are people. Corporations are buildings. It's very hot up here. Net neutrality will be preserved. One of the few tools we still have left to be able to fight back against these powers that be that are trying to keep everybody without power and money is a free, open exchange of ideas and dialogue on the internet. We evolved a hive mind as a species, I think, because we needed to possibly have a chance to survive and beat this. They will not control our free access to ideas. The internet will be more than just a place where Trump can talk shit to Kathy Griffin. Want to stop corporate crime? Here's an idea no one's talking about. Combine white-collar prisons with regular prisons. 
people's lives, steals their money. This leads to suicide, the ruin, the financial ruin of thousands and millions of families be treated better than someone who sold weed in their neighborhood. Especially most of us smoke weed. Are you joking? We will teach context in our education so children do not hate school and think of it punitively, they will instead realize why they want to learn and they will opt in like we opted into our phones. They'll realize why they want to learn these things. We'll modernize our schools. It's still dusty old chalkboards and broken textbooks. We have the internet everywhere else. High-speed internet in our schools. Teach life skills in our schools. We never had one financial literacy class in all of our childhood. Forget that. We're changing that. Here's an idea. You want to change priorities in this country? Flip the salaries of teachers and Congress. Cable news networks will be re-branded what they really are, infotainment networks. They are not news and they are eroding our democracy too. They only prop up, it's a a vicious cycle of only propping up their own narrative. People in Congress run for office, they immediately legitimize their candidacies, cover them, they go on their networks, and it's a perpetual cycle. We've been trying to get me on the major news networks, and literally one of the anchors wrote me a message saying, that's off-brand for us. The news shouldn't have a brand. personally would never get an abortion. <laughs> That's just because physically I cannot. And that is the whole point. Yes. We can't, so it's none of our business. Yes. When we let women decide if and when we get vasectomies, then we'll talk about if we can decide if they get abortions. want as few abortions as we can, but it's not government's business to legislate it. But that's not stopping these state governments in these last few weeks and months from taking away women's rights. How dare anyone in government tell a woman what she can or cannot do with her own body? Let them do that. Women have the right to choose better leaders. And y'all got to step up and do that too. Stop electing people who are going to disrespect your rights. Most women support a woman's right to choose. That's in their own self-interest. But we need men to stand up and stand by the women in our society and not allow it. It's not a moral code if you only do it when it applies to you. You have to stand up for anybody who preaches your moral code. Yet there are forces that will fight this, of course. And Roe v. Wade is now very vulnerable in the court thanks to the treasonous crybaby who has swung it so much farther to the right that we have to safeguard against them, which is why I am proposing right now something we should have done a long time ago, an amendment to the Constitution to protect a woman's right to choose. Is this a serious campaign? You're damn right it's a serious campaign. There are too many serious issues in this country. And on the issue of if Planned Parenthood should get federal funding, of course it should. That means you want unplanned parenthood, which means you also want way more abortions. So again, conservatives need to get their opinion straight on that one. So their position is that then sex that obviously sex is going to happen, so unless they want to build a wall around every bedroom as well, we're gonna to have to compromise here. And I do want to 
understand why people like Mitch McConnell don't understand this because no one's having sex with him. <laughs> and people who no one wants to have sex with stop legislating things about sex. <laughs> don't try to legislate Mitch McConnell's Lonely Fridays. <laughs> Mitch McConnell can no longer have tea with lemon on Fridays. <laughs> but again, just to safeguard women's rights, we fight for and ratify an amendment to the Constitution. Just in case the I like beer guy has any funny ideas. Confederate flags on federal buildings. No, you can't do it, because that thing stands for two things, racism and treason. That's what that flag stands for, so we don't have it on federal buildings. It stands for racism and treason. The only building that has any place flying over right now is the White House. Leads me to one last one, and it's a pretty big one, equality. We stand for equality in our campaign, and we stand for it in our country. I know that's a bananas concept to wrap your head around in 2018, but it's not the dark ages anymore. No more discrimination of anybody ever. How do we tolerate that? It's unbelievable. Just two days ago, a sweeping civil rights bill passed the House, and only eight Republicans voted for it, granting civil rights to LGBTQ people, and 173 voted against it. 173 people in power in this country said human beings do not get human rights. Are you joking? LGBTQ people, the end of that phrase is people. They're people. So you give them human rights like everybody else. No more of this bullshit. We must fight hatred and the forces that are trying to keep us down with the strongest might we can muster. It's the one thing that I disagree with a woman I greatly respect, Michelle Obama, when she says when they go low, we go high. I think, as we have recently seen, that loses elections more often than we would like. I have a different slogan. When they go low, that's a good chance to step on them. Because <laughs> they're already down there. And we must trust those who have been keeping all of us down for so long. We don't have time to be polite. Yeah. It's a simple formula we will operate under. Equal pay, plus equal treatment, plus equal opportunity, plus equal rights. That's what our country stands for. I will simply have one litmus test for every policy if I'm elected president. What decision will help the largest number of people, and that's what we'll do. Unlike career politicians who are so removed from your problems, who only want to shake your hand when they're running for office for 18 months, I've been traveling the country nonstop for the better part of 19 years. I know your struggles. I have those same struggles. I know what it's like to not be able to pay your bills or to have a health scare like I had a couple of years ago and not be sure how you're going to pay for it when your insurance doesn't cover it for the best kind of coverage that you need and want in your life. I've had those struggles. Career politicians don't. People in Congress have better health care. They have their own health care. They don't give us what, the, what they pass for us. You need somebody who is a normal person in office. Regular people like us are kept out of the halls of power so that whether our president is Republican or Democrat, the gap between the rich and the rest of us keeps widening. Millions that don't have health care, can't afford housing, work multiple jobs, Whole professions are going away, and no one in power is solving it. They're not even trying. 
Those in government are not invested enough in our struggle to make any systemic change. But we can change that. We must change that. And we can do it by having one of us in office for a change. Donald Trump is not one of us. By the people. Let's test those words. Let's see if it's actually true if we still have a government by the people or not. Or is that just more smoke being blown up our Trumps? <laughs> the DNC announced that any candidate who gets just 65,000 donations, even just a dollar, 200 from 20 different states, gets to be on the debate stage at the end of June. That's accessible, it's reachable, but is it real or is it bullshit? Right. Let's test it. Let's run an experiment and see if we still have a voice in our democracy yeah. or not. Our system is so broken, it's very expensive to run these campaigns. I was up last night with my girlfriend until 5 in the morning making flyers. <laughs> you want that running your country or just money interests of millions of dollars in their account already? <laughs> Almost done. <laughs> it's early still in the process. We have over a year and a half until the election. We can still decide to go with an old obvious choice if we want. But let's at least open up the conversation. Yeah. News networks, open up the conversation. Don't put your foot on the, your foot on the scale. Powers that be, don't put your foot on the scale. DNC, don't decide again that we get Hillary over Bernie because you want it. Let's make it yeah. a democracy again. Yeah. Consider other options. Let's not have the definition of insanity continue to be our guiding principle. I can bring the change we need because I have nothing to lose. I don't have a career in politics I need to protect. I don't have a bunch of relationships I need to not ruffle any feathers so I can get reelected in a few years. I don't have a bunch of billionaire friends needing to pass laws that benefit only them. No special interests or backdoor partnerships in Washington have any control over me whatsoever, and they never will. run for the highest office in our land. I was doing a show in Illinois a few months back, maybe eight, nine months ago, and I did a joke about our president. A pretty mild joke. Some of you might have seen the video. And I got heckled by a Trump supporter who didn't think... That's exactly what it sounded like. That's exactly what it sounded like. It sounded slightly more annoying, but that was pretty close. And I instead continue to do a bunch of jokes about the Donald. That's what our country stands for, freedom of speech and speaking truth to power. And that show ended. And another Trump supporter came up to me as I was greeting the crowd like I always do and said, you better not talk about the president like that. You will get a bullet in the back of your head. And that obviously freaked me out pretty good. But you know what I said to him? If that's what has to happen, so be it. Because our country is based on speaking truth to power and never, ever letting people in control squelch our voice. Never! Yeah. Yeah. And all the news networks and the powers that be that think a comedian shouldn't be taken seriously. Look at history. Look at Dick Gregory's run for the presidency. You've got a million votes running against Nixon. Look at how they march side by side with Martin Luther King Jr. Comedians are the real journalists these days and you are not. So step up your game. Trump is trying to weaponize his 
supporters to squelch free speech. And instead of letting him win, instead of saying, I won't tell those jokes anymore, I'll quiet down, I decided to go the other way and run for president of the United States of America. Yes. Yeah. 